Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Obadiah Smith, Jr. Glad to be back, Jim. Hey, Obadiah. Thanks for joining us again as we here in Viewpoint talk about what it means to be wounded. Now, I'm looking at you. You're a guy who is standing tall. You're in the United States Air Force. Yes, sir. Uh, you're a chaplain in the service, but yes. you're also engaged in, in the military. You're even in your fatigues today as you're in the studio. Right. So I'm looking at you thinking, oh, this guy, nobody's messing with him. <laughs> but is that true? Do you find yourself sometimes where you just, you know what, boy, that hurt. Ouch. Oh, yes, Jim. Sometimes, yes. I mean, I think that's life, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, no matter how secure we may feel in this world or how confident we might be, the truth is we're all vulnerable at some point. And we're all human. Somebody who we love can reject us. Yes. Somebody that we thought was our friend could walk away. Circumstances can intervene to make us feel a little bit insecure, and in that moment, we feel wounded or bruised. Yes. And then sometimes we're tempted to hurt somebody else because we felt powerless. Now we want someone else to feel the same. Yes. I mean, all of that is a part of human nature, no matter who we are. And in the Bible, there's a story of a young woman who finds herself desperately wounded, and then she also wounds others. And for all of that, God still has a plan for her life and is calling the best out of her and asking her and inviting her and, and hoping that she will turn her face towards him, that the blessings he has in store for her will be received and not detoured by her own sense of being hurt and her own desire to hurt others as a consequence. Yes. That gal's name... Hagar. Hagar. <laughs> yes. She's yes. in Genesis. When we come back, we're going to open the book once more, and we're going to explore her story, not just for its own drama, but so that we can learn lessons from her life, too. Last year, Obadiah, I met Anne Graham Lotz. She's yes. the daughter of Billy Graham. She is an anointed and inspired teacher and preacher in her own right, also a very gifted author, a really remarkable soul, someone that I would count as one of the most impressive people I've ever met. So it was with a little bit of surprise that she shared with me a book she has just written within the last year called Wounded. Wounded by God's People is the whole title. And in this book, she explores the story of Hagar, too, which has inspired this series on Viewpoint, but she also describes about how she herself has been wounded, not thinking, well, wait a minute, you're the daughter of Billy Graham. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Billy Graham, he couldn't be hurt, and I'll never forget her telling me even this year, face-to-face, -face, how it'd be hard to imagine those of us who are on the outside, what people have said and how they've criticized and how they've thrown punches at Billy Graham over his long and storied wow. career. Yes. Because most of us would see Billy Graham as someone who does not cause offense. And yet, because of who he is and the gospel he proclaims and his own heart to see people redeemed in the name of Jesus, he's taken some punches. And the worst ones don't come from unbelievers. <laughs> they come from the believers themselves. Your own. So... Anyway, as I read the book Wounded by Anne Graham Lotz and then began to study the story of Hagar, I began to see in my own life, boy, I've been, I've been hit a few times. I don't always think of it that way, but boy, I realize sometimes I have a little bit of an edge, <laughs> and it's the consequence of being wounded. Yes, Jim. So staring at our wounds, understanding our scars, coming to terms with the reality that all of us are vulnerable sometimes and have probably been hurt is a key to going forward. Hagar is a great story along these lines. And so let's just get right into it. And before we do, I want everyone listening to know, 
we are always glad to hear from you. And as you're listening to us think today and talk today and throw out ideas today, you might have some ideas you want to throw out. Maybe you have a question to ask, a comment to share. Give us a call. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we're right by the phone, and we're always glad to hear from you. It's a toll-free number. Write this down, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We want to hear from you this week. Thanks for giving us a call. And when we come back, we're going to dive right into the story of Hagar, and not just hers, but our own woundedness. You are our life when death is all around. You are our peace when all else seems to fail. You are our strength when our weakness overcomes. You are, yes, you are. When our world is shaken, when our hope is broken, still you are God of all. You amaze us. You alone are worthy of our praises. You deserve our worship. We adore you. Your glory and your majesty renew us, consume us. Your word brings light when darkness falls around. Hagar is an Egyptian slave girl who is handed off to Abram and his wife Sarai in the Old Testament when they visit Egypt. Now, we're used to hearing Abram described as Abraham and Sarai described as Sarah. 
But Abram and Sarai were their original names, later amended by God to reflect God's calling in their lives. But for today, as we read from the scripture, we're talking about Abram and Sarai, and we're talking about Hagar. Hagar is an Egyptian slave girl that somehow is handed off to Abraham and his wife Sarah when they visit Egypt some years before the story we read today takes place. We know that she is someone that was offered up to Abraham by his own wife Sarah to have a child because Sarah couldn't conceive one on her own at that time. And so she thought maybe if her husband slept with the slave girl, well, then they would have a child. And by the ancient law, that meant that Sarah would have a child and an heir. It sounds way, way over the top for us today in modern time, and it was then too, except in the context of the ancient world, it was normative, even if it wasn't healthy. And so Hagar conceives a child with Abraham that Sarah claims as her own until at last she has her own child. And that is the stage upon which another drama walks, and how Hagar, already wounded by Sarah and Abraham, is going to be wounded again. And that story is told in Genesis chapter 21. I'm going to take it from verse 1 and then Obadiah follow up and bring the story to a close. Yes. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Whoa, I was 37 when my last child was born, let me tell you. That wore me out. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby, yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age? Sarah feels greatly valued and esteemed. At last she and her husband have a child together, and they're celebrating. Oh, but wait a minute. Verse 8. When Isaac grew up and he was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham and her Egyptian servant, Hagar, making fun of her son Isaac. They were half-brothers. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, Get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son too. But God told Abraham, Do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son, because he is your son too. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, and strapped them on Hagar's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. And when the water was gone... She put the boy Ishmael in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch my boy die, she said, and she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer, and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman 
from the land of Egypt. Powerful, Jim. It's a story that has many twists and turns, has a lot of pathos and emotion. Yes. It has a lot of sadness, but also a bright light on the horizon. Help me, God, I'm scared. And I'm unprepared to face the night alone. Hear me, hear my prayer. My soul it aches and I've nowhere to go Help me God In this dark hour I know only the power that made the stars Can mend my heart Oh I've tried on my own but I'm not that strong You're all I've got You're all I've got Help me, God Sometimes People leave And I can grieve Cause life's not always You know what, Obadiah, Hagar was in an impossible predicament. She ran away from Sarah earlier in her life because Sarah was so cruel to her. But God told her, you have to go back and face Sarah. You can't just run away. And so she did, and she was obedient. She did all the right stuff then. Yes. And look what happens. It's still a blow-up. Kicked out the house again. Yes. The first time, at least, she ran away under her own steam. Now she's told to pack her bags. She's cast out not just her but also her son, the one that Sarah claimed as her own until she had a child by blood. And Abraham has now two boys, and he's willing to let the one walk away into the wilderness with the slave girl that was obedient in the demand that she sleep with him. I mean, you could look at Hagar and think, this gal has a right to stay home, to stay home, to pound her fist on a table, and just to fight back, to be bitter. She herself might claim, you know what, you... You people are so cruel, I'm going to be cruel. 
and you'll never know when I'm going to strike back. I mean, yes. there's all kinds of ways in which, by the lens of human reason, we could think, she's got a right. And yet, in her deep woundedness, she's now rejected again by Sarah. Yes. She's rejected by the father of her child. child. Yes, Jim. And her own child now, for whom she's living, is going to be in harm's way, maybe even a life-threatening experience. She's wondering, where is this God that told me to come back and face the music and look what it's got for me? I mean, at every level, she could just be in a position of abandoning trust or hope for anyone, any relationship, and certainly her faith. But that's not what happens. Yes. Somehow, some way, for all of the pain she's experiencing, for all of the deep woundedness she has, she meets up with God again. God showed up again, Jim. <laughs> and in her most desperate hour, because she actually believes they're going to die, they don't have any water, and her most compelling need in the minute is just to get something to drink, she puts her son in the shade of a bush and goes a few w- yards away, not knowing what to do, and God meets her there. There's an important lesson in this. No matter how desperate your moment, no matter how deeply in pain you are, no matter how wounded you may feel, God often meets us in that place. Sometimes I want to meet him on the mountaintop. I want to meet him on the cruise ship. I want to meet him when everything is smooth and easy. And he can meet up with me there too. But boy, when you're really with your back against the wall and you don't know what else to do and there are no other options by human reason, that's when God can be found. And the interesting part in this particular passage, Jim, is that God heard the baby's cry. God is listening. Yes. And after all the din of Sarah's ranting and Abraham's packing, after all the noise that's come out of that camp, yes. the thing that God heard yes. was the child's cry. And God intervened. And what did he do? He met her in her most desperate moment at her point of need. And what did he do? He delivered what she needed just then. Amen. It was not a bank account for a lifetime. It was not everything sorted out. Not every problem was solved. But in that moment, he said, you are going to live, and I have a life for you to live. And today, what you need is water. Here it is. And he opened her eyes. It's so powerful. The implication is that the well was there already, but she couldn't see it, maybe through her tears maybe through her woundedness, maybe through her pain, maybe through some bitter attitude, all of which we might say is justifiable. But God, in meeting her, opened her eyes to see what was already there. And so often, when we meet God, if we'll just surrender to him, he can open our eyes to see what's already there that we have been sitting by but didn't notice. And then God says, Hagar, don't forget, I've got a promise for you. Yes. You're going to have a life. This boy is going to be the father of a nation. You will be the mother of the nation because you are his mother. And I will honor him and I will honor you. And as the story unfolds, we see that she gets the water and she begins to trust God again. And she leads the child on. She arranges for a marriage, as was the custom at the time. He gets married. She's got grandkids. She is now in a place of honor with a nation born. Because in spite of her woundedness, she seemed to surrender any plan or any desire to go back and beat up on the people who had not treated her so well. Folks, there's a lesson for us, all of us in that. As I think about the people that may have crossed my path and bruised me along the way, 
there have been times when I've just wanted them to hurt too. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know how myself to make you hurt, but I'm just, I'm just hoping that you'll hurt too. But when you move past that and you're able to pray a blessing on the people that hurt you, to bless those who so despitefully used you as Jesus talks, Jesus himself models us for that on the cross in the most desperate hour. Father, why have you forsaken me? And at the same time, he's praying, Lord, forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand how desperate are their deeds. Boy, when we can get to that place of Jesus, even as Hagar found that place, then God can make of us great things too. And even in my brokenness and my woundedness, Jim, that I'll find myself in the desperate place, God can still hear my cry. Amen, brother. And so for you today listening, maybe you feel like you have been pushed out and you're in the wilderness and you don't know what to do next. Maybe you have a child and you're so desperate, you're not even sure that you can provide for the child. You don't know where the well with the water is. You don't know what to do and where is God. I want you to know he's hearing your cry and your child's cry too. And I want to invite you to pray with us. Open the heart and the eyes of your soul to see the God who sees you. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today for the story of Hagar. Sad and desperate as it sometimes is, still how hopeful it also proves to be. We thank you for loving her and her boy Ishmael. And we pray, Lord, that we will take heart from this story and know that you love us too. I pray, Lord, for everyone who's bowed with us in prayer, who's joining us humbly, seeking your favor, that they might know that you see them right now, even in their most desperate hour. And as we come out of this prayer, Lord, I pray that you will impress upon their heart the wisdom to see what may already be close by as a remedy, as a help, as a step and a way forward. But we pray, Lord, that no one who joins us in this prayer, humbly seeking your help, will find this day end before they find some help. We believe, Lord, that you are good and you are able and that you are watching over us. And we pray, Lord, that we will surrender our own lives, our own anger, our bitterness, our disappointment, our frustrations, and we'll lay them all at the foot of the cross and that there may be no sin found in us as we are cleansed by the blood of your Son, made new by his life. And in so doing, Lord, may we Open our eyes and see the well you have right nearby that can quench our thirst, whatever our need might be. Thank you for hearing our prayer. And thank you for all those listening who are praying with us. And we thank you for your answer. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, you've brought me so far By the grace of who you are Your touch is on my Touches on my life, and it's just like me to be hasty. I want to know the next step, but looking back reminds me it's in you tomorrow. Is your touch is on my life? You told me. Just hear you say as I 
you'd like to know more about this God who was able to meet up with Hagar and is willing to meet up with you, this God who came into this world in the person of his son, Jesus. If you'd like to know more about him, give us a call. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're right by the phone waiting for you to call. But, Obadiah, if someone did not want to call and speak to us by phone, instead they feel more comfortable going online. How could they send us a note? Yes, Jim, at cbhviewpoint.org. CBH, those letters stand for Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, viewpoint.org. Or if you prefer, just send me a letter. Use the Postal Service. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint. Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you reach out to us by phone, online, or by post... Let us hear from you. Obadiah, thanks for coming alongside today. Glad to be back again, Jim. Thank you. And we're so glad that you also tuned in. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue in our exploration of what it means to be wounded and learn from Hagar how we might find healing. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.